Here in Alexandria, it's supposed to be 70 degrees this afternoon. But several months ago, there was snow on the ground. Here in Northern Virginia, I don't know about where you are, but there was snow on the ground and I went out to shovel. It's, uh, it's part of that gig you have to do. If you uh, live in a house and you have a sidewalk in front of your house, you're really supposed to shovel it within a certain period of time in the city of Alexandria. I don't know what it's like where you are. And plus it's kind of nice to safely be able to get to your own car, not just for your neighbors to walk by, but for you to get to your car. So I was out shoveling. Now, one of the impediments to shoveling the snow on my sidewalk, now maybe you never have this because you pay attention in your front yard, but I have these various cracks and crevices over time that have appeared in my sidewalk. And out of those cracks and crevices in my sidewalk pops up patches of grass. Uh, pops up uh, little flowers, other kinds of things that come up through, the, uh, through what should be a place where it doesn't want to grow. But you see, the life doesn't give up. Now, of course, every year I make a promise to myself. Every year there's snow. I make a, myself a promise. It's not a very good promise because by summertime I'm not interested in it but that I will go out in the front yard and I will carefully, meticulously get every last bit of grass that grows up through the crack and I will kill it off. Uh, you see, life doesn't care if there's a sidewalk. Life pushes through anyway. Life doesn't give up. Now, having said that, having together with all of you in one way or another, been through a year of pandemic, a little over a year now, of uh, not in-person live worship. Um, we keep waiting for life to really win out. Uh, because just when we think it's won out, then we hear there's another surge. And just when we think it's, you know, the vaccine's coming, but it hasn't gotten here, and some of us haven't gotten it yet. And I was able, you know, uh, uh, I was offered in one week all three versions of the shot. It took until this past week. I was offered three different versions of the shot. I could have gotten Pfizer. My daughter made an appointment for me to get the Moderna shot. And then the city of Alexandria sent me a text and said, if you want to come tomorrow, you can have Johnson & Johnson. And I did come tomorrow and have the Johnson & Johnson instead of the others. Uh, one and done. So there you go. In the midst of it all, we're trying to figure out where is life in the midst of all of this? Now, if you joined us for Good Friday, and if you didn't, it's fine. But there is a finality to Good Friday. We don't get it anymore. We, we don't get it anymore because mostly we avoid Good Friday, but also 2,000 years later, we know the resurrection's coming. Good Friday is kind of a bump. You know, it's like you're driving down the road and you hit the bump. You know the bump's there. You see it's coming, bump, and then you just keep driving. Pay no attention to it at all. But to those first disciples, death was it. They put all their eggs in one basket. They were sure Jesus was the one. He was going to be the Messiah. He was going to become king. He was going to lead them. They were going to take over, kick the Romans out. They were going to have a wonderful kingdom, at least in their mind as they understood it. That's what they were thinking was coming. 
And now Jesus is dead. But there are some of the disciples that don't completely give up hope. Mary Magdalene's one of them. Uh, and so Mary Magdalene has come to the tomb. Now, admittedly, I don't know what kind of hope she has because she's come to the tomb for a purpose, and that is to make sure the tomb is sealed, to make sure Jesus is appropriately anointed for death, all of that good kind of stuff. So we pick up in the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, that would be a Sunday today. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings, wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet, they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head, the other at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know what they've, where they've laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, just tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means my teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. You know... I look, I look back on this story, and I look at most years at St. James or any church, and the big celebrate, there are two big celebrations of the year when everybody gets together, might as well be fireworks and things blowing up. We, we bring out amazing songs, not that we don't have them every Sunday, but we sing songs and we are really on fire to blow things up and get everyone excited about what Easter is all about. We make it a huge celebration. And that's well and good. But look at where the first Easter began. There's a woman 
who comes initially, we're told in the other Gospels, to anoint Jesus' body. She finds his body is missing. She goes and tells the disciples, two of whom are courageous or foolish enough to leave hiding and come and find out what's going on. The one that Jesus loved, never named in the Gospel of John. We don't know who it is. We have no idea. People say, well, it must be John, and he's just too, uh, too humble to, to name himself. I don't know. The one who Jesus loved and Simon Peter, they get into a foot race. Of course, the one that Jesus loved won, but he doesn't go in. He lets Peter go first. And, you know, the rest is history, more or less, except there are three people. There are three people there for Easter morning. I'm not counting the angels, and I'm not counting Jesus. Jesus was there, of course. If you want to count the angels and Jesus, we've got six. Six people there. It's not a big deal. It's a huge deal, but it sneaks into the world. You remember how Jesus was born? Kind of snuck into the world. I think there were more people at Jesus' birth than there were at Jesus' death. We don't know exactly how many shepherds came, but you got to figure two or three or four. And then we hear that there are magi from the east, and I don't know, you got to figure there's at least, magi is plural, so there's two or three of them, four or five, I don't know. So there's more people at Jesus' birth than there are at his, at his resurrection. Now, the big event was his death. There were scads and crowds that came to see that. What is it about our obsession with death, but from a distance, and as long as it's somebody else's? It's this quiet, little, small, emergent hope that you couldn't imagine. Now, imagine that I follow through with my promise to myself that I made in the snow, that I am going to really clean up my sidewalk, that I am going to get those irritating plants out of there, and I'm going to do it naturally without using any herbicides or, you know, plant killer, because with my luck, that would kill the entire front lawn uh, just from a little dot. So imagine I'm going to do it. So I'm going to scrape all of these growths out, maybe dig down a little bit, get it in there, Maybe I'll put some, some kind of uh, sealant in there so that it can't grow back up. But let's be honest with each other. I've done stuff. I've seen stuff like that done before. Does that stop the plants from growing back? It slows them. So when do I start stopping them the next time? When the first little leaf pops up? When the first little grouping of uh, grass grows up? I don't know, when a whole row grows up, when is it time for me to jump on board with the life that's coming up in there? Because it begins so small. You know, we haven't had in-person worship at St. James in a year, except at Easter sunrise this morning. A few people, obviously you had to live locally, you're not gonna fly in to come to our Easter sunrise service, but imagine you live locally, there were 14 of us. There were just 14 of us. More than was at the first resurrection. 14 of us gathered outside 
faces we hadn't seen. I, okay, all right. Every Sunday, almost, ex, almost without exception, I see at least four faces in this room when I come. I know that Megan and James are gonna be here and Mark and Joy. Now, I don't want them to feel any pressure because I've named them, but they're in the room with me. So I see them every week. And the cool thing was, all four of them got to come to Easter sunrise. So there were five of us who are here most Sundays. That means nine people I hadn't seen, we hadn't seen in person were there. It was small. For many of us, we're wondering what new life is going to look like after the pandemic. Most of us, when we're honest with ourselves, and most of us aren't really good at honest with ourselves. Can we be honest? We're not good at being honest with ourselves. But most of us, when we're honest with ourselves, realize it's not going to look exactly like it did before. It's not going to be the same thing that happened 14 months ago. It's going to look a little different. It's going to feel a little different. We might be wearing masks for a while, even when we are together. We might be needing booster shots for COVID-19 periodically. We might, I don't know what it's going to look like. But you see, I also believe that new life happens. And you know why I believe that? Because 2,000 years ago, after death thought it had the final word, God said, oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. Life happens. Life pops up in places you don't expect it. You see someone you haven't seen in a while, and suddenly you feel that connection again. I held it together until it was time for me to stink and pray with those people. And then I thought I was going to just choke up and be unable to pray because I was seeing people gathered to worship God again in person. Now, part of what the future looks like is continued streaming. As high quality as we have been, if, not we, if we can't step it up even. But it's also going to look like you're going to see heads eventually the back of people's heads as they wander around in here. Not if joy can help it. Joy will cut out those people as quickly as possible on those cameras. But let's imagine that no matter how fast she is with our camera angles, you're going to see some heads. And you know, during communion, there's going to be people that come and get some. So you will begin to see heads. And you'll begin to see the life coming again. You know, statistically, we just crossed an interesting place for church in America. There are more secular people than there are churchy people. Hasn't been that way before in a long time, if ever. And some people think of that as very pessimistically pointing towards what the future looks like. I think God's love wins. I think life wins. I think that we keep proclaiming the good news. I think we keep doing it in the ways we're doing it and in ways we can't even imagine yet because new life happens. It doesn't look the same. 
Jesus didn't look the same, or else Mary would have recognized him. Something about resurrection life changes you. He still had the wounds. But something in the new life looked a little different. It looks a little different. It begins small. For us at St. James, live worship began with, in-person worship, began with 14 people on the lawn just outside a window you can't see online. 14 people in chairs at picnic tables, worshiping as the sun was rising behind the clouds. It's not about numbers. It's about love. It's about life. It's about new life. It's about life that gives life away to others. On the West End, you all have been helping us give life away. You've been part of the effort to feed hungry people on the West End, as many as 100 families a week, fed, in part because of you, in part because of you, people in need. Now, we may never see them pop in to visit us on a Sunday morning, but we have touched their lives and made sure their families had food. And I think for Jesus, that's what we're called to do. Feed people physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. That's what we're called to do, and that's what brings life into this world. I don't know when we come back in person and exactly when it will be and how soon it will be in this building and when it will be safe to do that. I don't know that yet. And neither do you. And neither does, uh, neither does anybody else. But I know this. On Easter, Jesus was raised. New life became possible in ways we could not even imagine, in ways that the disciples didn't even understand prior to the resurrection. All the Gospels are written with resurrection eyes. That is to say, they didn't write it down until long after they experienced the truth that life wins, love wins. God intends to win. It's a win-win situation. Can you love? Can you believe that even in the post-pandemic world, no matter what life looks like, if it's a little different, that God can still be in it, different as it might be? Can you believe you can worship God with a mask on or without a mask on? God's doing new things in this world all the time. And one of them is bringing new life. Resurrection. We are a resurrection people. New life is for us and is meant to be shared. So, where do you see new life popping its head up in your world? Is it in the pavement outside your house?
where something insists on growing in spite of the fact you've tried to kill it a thousand times? Is it in the crocuses who don't know any better than to pop up in the middle of winter when there's a warm day? Well, look, here we are. Oh, no, it's not time. That's crocuses for you. Or is it in your daffodils or someone else's daffodils or in the cherry blossoms? Where is it that you're seeing new life in spring? Where do you see the new possibility of new life for you? If you can't go out, can you join an online community and feel connected? And when you can go out, or when you do live near enough by to pop in and see us at St. James, might you do that? Might that be a way you'll experience new life? Might you try some new spiritual things in your life? Praying with your meals. Praying before bed, praying when you get up in the morning. You know, one of my favorite mystics, Meister Eckert, 13th century, said this, if the only prayer you ever pray is thank you, it's enough. It's enough. Maybe you wake up in the morning and you say thank you for a new day, for a new opportunity to love and live and be. Thanks. Thanks. So, happy Easter to you. It is a delight. It is a delight to celebrate that life may begin small, but it has all kinds of possibilities in God, in love, in hope.